and welcome to Property Australia's favourite obsession. My name's Jeremy Cowan and this is another Quick Hits episode. I'll be back next week with another full episode, but today I wanted to chat about a current market phenomenon. See, property is often seen as a long-term investment, as it should, and it's really quite slow in the manner in which it moves. But the last 18 months have been nothing short of astounding. We've gone from the terrifying position where landlords have had to work really hard hand-in-hand with tenants, offering relief and support to retain them, to now tenants facing some of the toughest and tightest rental markets that we've seen. And this turnaround has occurred at light speed, so here to talk at light speed is none other than property manager, part-time YouTube sensation, Braden Kidd from Ashby Partners. Welcome to Property, Australia's Favourite Obsession. G'day, g'day. Always a pleasure to be on, Jeremy. It's great to have you here, and I want to start, kick this straight off into our current rental markets, because... The figures are absolutely insane, aren't they? We've got national rental vacancies sitting at about 1.7%. Perth and Adelaide, Darwin are at 0.6%, Hobart 0.5% vacancy. I mean, that is just unbelievable. And then you're followed up by Brizzy 1.4%, Canberra, of course, your hometown, 0.8%. And only Sydney and Melbourne are over the 25 at 2.7% and 3.5%. They're, of course, figures from SQM. It is insane, isn't it? It is just ridiculous, and just on those figures as well. Um, so, look, I know sometimes they are a little bit delayed with when they release, but the market has just got tighter and tighter and tighter, um, like specifically in Canberra as well. Like, we haven't seen much new stock appropriate to the demographics that are actively seeking come online. So, it's we've actually just been named the most expensive capital city to rent in with a, the median rental price around about six fifty a week, which isn't super affordable for the average person. It's, it just stuns me, really. So tell me, what would you consider a normal vacancy rate in a you know typical balanced market? Uh, I've done business in Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Brisbane. Um, I, I would say a balanced market vacancy rate should be sitting around about 2.5%. Um, that's the perfect uh, kind of balance to keep prices stable, to, to keep stock levels stable and still getting built coming online. Um, but also to, to meet, I guess, net migration to the areas as well. So this is causing a major problem, isn't it? I mean, the RBA, um, you know, according to the RBA, you know, they reckon about one-third of Australian households actually rent. Um, and I'm looking at a graph in front of me that um, I grabbed from the RBA, and, and it shows pretty clearly, you know, owners with mortgages, you know, slowly increasing, you know, over the last... Uh, 20 or so years, private renters increasing at maybe just a slightly, um, you know, increased pace. Um, but renters, uh, sorry, um, owners without a mortgage have been absolutely falling like a stone. And, you know, this is causing all sorts of problems in, uh, I guess, and opportunities as well, depending on which side of the fence that you sit on. Um, but it's it has caused, you know, quite a bit of turbulence in the rental market, hasn't it? Oh, very much so. Uh, and look, I mean, when you look at areas like Canberra as well, like again, specifically just using my current stomping ground as an example, we've got such a transient population uh, of high income earners as well. So that just adds fuel to the fire. Mm, mm. So tell me, as a landlord, what does it mean? You know, um, what are the impacts that I'm uh, facing given the, the, the tight rental market? As a landlord, uh, I think you're just reaping the benefits. Um, so with the tight rental market, you have your choice of, you know, like a slew of high quality and high caliber tenants. Uh, I mean, people still aren't paying ridiculous prices, 
Um, I mean, it's still got to be appropriate to, to what the income levels are. Um, and I mean, on, the, on that same breath as well, you've still got to have a well-maintained product to offer. Um, but you can be a lot more picky with who goes in. Like gone are the days where you're presented with one or two options uh, and they're both rubbish. Yeah. You just got to pick the lesser of the two two evils to to kind of get that income to service your outgoings. Um, you've like, I mean, here and like I know my peers in Brisbane and my peers in, in Sydney uh, at present, are, are, you know, kind of vetting anywhere between 15 to 25 quality options on a property. Wow. Um, because there's just not not enough, and again, it's all all appropriate things. So, uh, you know, things like your one bedroom units, yes, they're, they're high yield and they're good. We're not seeing massive demand on those; they're all still filling up. There's still a lot coming to market, uh, but anything in that sweet spot for for families. Uh, so, you know, three three bedroom plus under seven hundred bucks a week. Um, we're getting absolutely flogged. Um, we're getting about forty to fifty options on each property. So. Tell me, what are the, I mean, uh, as a landlord, you know, are you seeing a lot more um, applicants come through, you know, for share houses and that sort of stuff? Uh, oh, extremely, very much so. Um, so look, at equal parts family, equal parts share house. Um, you know, to, it, it, I don't feel great saying this. Um, like, I mean, as, as a professional and as an industry, I don't know we need to do better, but um, there is a lot of like a blended households coming through in the sense of like, uh, you know, single mum with a kid, single mum with a kid teaming up to be able to share the the cost of housing at the moment and, and to try to make it work best. You don't feel great seeing yeah. those scenarios, but it's just pe- people doing what they have to do to to kind of survive uh, at present and, and to get like secure housing over their head. So what about for the renter then? Um, you know, obviously it's going to be, I would imagine most, most landlords are going to be um, – hesitant in uh, agreeing to upgrades like air conditioning and repainting and all that other sort of non-essential maintenance. Um, I mean, obviously you need to keep a property in, you know, in good or excellent repair. As you said, you are in the accommodation business, but you know, those upgrades and stuff are probably going to get shelved. Um, is that the case of what, what you're saying? Is that typically the attitude that's, that's being um, taken by landlords? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, like for, for us, a majority of our client base have previously lived in that property. So there is that kind of emotional attachment to the place. Um, so they're just wired to want to do the upgrades to make it nice and to make it lovely. Yeah. Uh, and then like the the other major portion of our rent roll comes from new builds. So they're already built with those luxuries included, uh, as you'd expect with a modern build. Um, but we do do our fair share. Like I've just got a client that bought an ex-govy house that, you know, complete with holes in the wall and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's probably less Extra inclined storage. to is do... That how they, is that how you're marketing that one? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, ventilation. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, she, she's she's pretty much only inclined to spend maybe 10, 15 grand to bring it up to like a reasonable standard. But um, those... Uh, I guess creature comforts and those inclusions she, she's not really interested in doing uh, because the return on investment isn't going to make it really worthwhile in the short term. I mean, sure, you might get some tax incentives and that sort of stuff, but it's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, for, for an expenditure of five grand worth of air conditioning, she might get an extra 10 bucks a week if she's lucky and it will still rent without issue. She won't have any vacancy. So yeah, it, it's there. there is no incentive to really go out of your way to, you know, to, to, to go that extra mile, you know, in the present market. So what happens for, you know, 
um, tenants reliant on a single income or someone with unsecured work? Um, you know, how are they placed in the market at the moment? Uh, with extreme difficulty. Um, so from what we see, and like we're very clinical and very benign with the way that we present the applications um, to, to the landlord. Uh, I mean, we go through different risk profiles, um, but landlords obviously see single income in, you know, like the, the post-COVID market as a risk, um, because if, if something happens, we, we know the government's policy was uh, put it back onto the private landlords, the private investors to yeah. negotiate their way out of it, which, you know, like that's probably not the best policy. Um, so they are, I guess, trading a lot more cautiously with who goes in there. You're finding that like having a spread of income works really well uh, and, and a lot more favorably um, and, you know, like a, a leaning to, towards more secure white collar work, uh, I guess you'd say would be the common theme coming through. So anyone on a single income or insecure work, you know, whilst they might more than meet the affordability for the place uh, and you know that their references might be the best references um, as a general statement there's a lot of landlords trading very cautiously around those applications and probably favoring the dual incomes or more um just just a lot better yeah it's a tough market isn't it? it's um <laughs> it's pretty brutal i do feel for um uh, for many people out there it's um tell me uh, houses, townhouses, units, you know, what are you finding is um, really, um, you know, what's, where, where's the demand out there? You mentioned before single beds, um, you know, you obviously as investors you get the yield, but they've got a much smaller uh, market. Uh, where's the really, where's the big bulge of demand coming from at the moment? Uh, three bedroom plus, so townhouses and houses, but predominantly, I mean, in our area too, given the, you know, 66.6% of the Canberra employment pool, either directly from the government or directly related to the government. Um, like a lot of them are quite busy. So they're renting like town blocks. So anything on kind of like, you know, the 350 to 400 square metre blocks, with, yeah. you know, with a four bedroom house, um, they're paying top dollar for those. Like I just, you know, leased a, an average one for about 800 bucks a week in a outer suburb of Canberra uh, without even breaking a sweat. <laughs> Um, so that's that's the appetite. Anything three bedroom, two bathroom plus, um, you know, in that six hundred plus a week mark as well. So it's six to eight hundred dollars the the magic uh, kind of band. Um, but they're just flying out. We we don't have anywhere near enough stock to kind of satisfy that appetite. So three beds is that typically um you know, two bedrooms being used and one being used as an office uh, kind yep, of study? very much so. So you get couples with one or two kids predominantly at, at this moment, um, and that's the very standard application that we're seeing. Um, and there is always the request for a designated room to be a study, particularly with all the work from home uh, rules relaxing, I guess, through most private and public enterprise. Okay. And tell me... Well, tell our listeners, um, rent auction or rent bidding, can you describe that process? And it's illegal. Uh, <laughs> number one, can't do it. Uh, however, there's plenty of tenants out there offering more to make their application stand out. So an agent can't suggest it, an owner can't suggest it. Like just That's a big no-go zone. So when you price a property, price it for the price that you actually want um, that works for you. Um, don't rely on getting the extra, extra few dollars. Um, but we also have the duty to 
display every offer that comes in basically. So, you know, I know when it's a competitive market um, for, for landlords, uh, you know, you'll have tenants offer less. If they want to offer more, more than happy to take it to the landlords and they can make that assessment if it's whether, like, whether it's beneficial or not to take it. Um, but it's, it's, it shouldn't be common practice um, because it's just, you know, make, makes the current market conditions so much worse for everybody. Are you seeing much of that at the moment? Um, um, as you said, obviously, as a uh, as a landlord and a property manager, you can't suggest it. You can't engage in um, setting up a uh, you know a, an auction um, or an auction rent. Um, sorry, a rent auction. But you know, are you seeing a lot of t- applicants coming through with um, where they're willing to pay over and above what's been asked? Yeah, look, as a vague statistic, we'd see maybe 10 to 15% uh, offer above, and that would vary anywhere between, you know, like 10 to $30 a week extra. Has that, um, those people who are offering over, are they typically securing oh, those properties? No. Uh, so I would say, uh, look, it probably, like I, I've done maybe 30 leases in the last two weeks. Um out of those, maybe three, three or four have offered more for specific properties, and maybe one's been successful by offering more. So, um, the, the owners don't really care because, again, like when, when we go through the pricing strategy with them, um, we, we all arrive at a price that we think is fair and reasonable that they're pleased with, that they want to work with, and then they narrow down to who they feel the most solid candidate is going to be. And if that person has offered more, then that's fantastic. But that's really not where their focus is during the selection period. Don't, don't get me wrong. I know there's plenty of people out there. The dollars are the most important thing. Um, but like from us, we, we we look at the overall picture. So it's it's got to be suitability for the property for, first and foremost. And then you kind of work backwards from there. But um, like for for any I guess tenant listening, it's you know you know to, to take take pleasure in the fact of knowing that uh, for 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 the most part, it's it's not the be all and end all. It's it's not super necessary to do. Yeah, and I was just going to make the point too that I find it really interesting that you know approaching in a pragmatic way like like you are, um, you know, sometimes when someone offers more, uh, you know, it increases the risk that they put themselves under duress that that they might not be able to continue to pay that, and that obviously causes further problems, you know, down the track. Not only that too, you, you might run the risk of getting the attitude of, well, I'm paying super premium, so I expect X, Y, Z to be done within two seconds. And there's no goodwill banked up there for, you know, if the hot water system breaks or something like that, you know, you have an hour to fix it instead of, you know, kind of getting it done within a day, which is still a reasonable time frame. Yeah. So you, you have, I mean, it, it fosters unrealistic expectations when, you know, they are paying over advertised rent, um, regardless of, I guess, how desperate they were at the time of securing once it's secured it's it's a done deal so you, you got to deal with whatever the attitude shift would be so tell me um what are you seeing to in the area um Braden, that you know there was a lot of removal of airbnb listings as the um, pandemic hit um obviously those you know as travel was shut down etc um I think I read at one stage there was a decline of 20 or 30% um, between February to May of 2020 of um, reduction in, in Airbnb listings. Uh, have those listings come on as long-term rentals and have they stayed on or have they, you know, you're starting to see some of them come off the market or what impact yeah, look, does that we're picked up a, Yeah, we've picked up quite a fair few. Um, so they're predominantly furnished properties and the... I guess, shift in the market you've seen, whereas, you know, maybe two years ago, if you had a furnished property for long-term let, um, you'd be achieving like an extra 20% rent uh, on it for, 
you know, the convenience of having it furnished. Um, at the moment, prices are very comparative to the un unfurnished counterparts. So there's been a big shift in, in that portion of the market. Um, like, I mean, it's still appropriate. People are still renting them out for, you know, kind of either monthly contracts or, or six monthly contracts. Um, because it still does attract the very transient population that are going to contract work or, you know, what, whatever their purpose for renting furnished is. Um, but, yeah, like you've just seen a major shift from having that pricing premium for, for those furnished properties, predominantly one, two and three bedroom units, um, to, you know, ha having zero difference between that and, and having an unfurnished one, two or three bedroom unit. We know that it's really important uh, exposure when it comes to selling your property or, or renting your property that um, you need to reach as many people as you can and, and engage um, with as many people as possible. Um, can you give us a bit of a heads up? What have you got coming on with your uh, YouTube advertisement specials? Oh, God. Uh, one, one just dropped uh, two days ago. Uh, oh, it was, well, how uh, convenient that is. <laughs> how, how convenient that is. I know. It, the, the well, that'll definitely, be in the show. that'll definitely be in the show notes below. <laughs> it's uh, Thank you very much. So the general synopsis was as uh, – so we had a property on like the very popular cafe street. Like Canberra, let, let's face it, like we've got half a million people. There's one popular cafe. Strip. Uh, it's Lonsdale Street. There's three cafes and then you know a stable or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, like as 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 the cafe strip in Canberra awakens from the COVID-induced slumber, um, it, it's time to rally the troops uh, and go on an epic brunch crawl. So def definitely worth a watch. Um, it's not uh, all I will say, and the, the the takeaway from this is we're better real estate agents than we are actors, but we do have a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, I think it's fantastic. I didn't actually know about that one, but I'll put a link to the show notes because they are pretty clever and they're pretty funny. I think um, yourself and the crew at Ashby Partners do a fantastic job there and uh, I think it's a great idea. And especially with your use of social media, um, it's a great way to engage with um, both tenants and landlords. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> Brayden, tell us if uh, listeners want to get in contact, how's the best way to uh, make, uh, make contact with you? Uh, ashbypartners.com.au and we've got a slew of resources and contact options um, or via email uh, info at ashbypartners.com.au Beautiful. I will definitely put those contact details in the show notes below. Thank you very much for joining me, Brayden. It's always enjoyable, um, always you know very informative too and it's as I said, it's amazing that uh, 12 months ago, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, how we're going to retain tenants, and and now we've got an absolute, you know, plethora of them, uh, you know, offering over and above, you know, what the uh, the asking price of uh, of a unit or a townhouse is. It's just, it's amazing how how quickly the market can change. Oh, mate, complete 180. But it's a good good position to be a landlord at the moment for sure. Thanks for joining me again. Thank you to our listeners. We super support or super um, appreciate, I should say, your support in helping getting the PAFO message out. So don't forget to tell your friends, like, subscribe. It certainly helps get the message out. Let's wrap it up there, Brayden. I've been your host, Jeremy Cowan. You've been listening to Property, Australia's favourite obsession. And until next time, Brayden, let's keep obsessing about property. Any opinions or recommendations expressed should be considered general in nature, as they do not consider your personal objectives or financial circumstances. You should therefore consider these matters yourself before deciding whether the advice is appropriate to you and if you should act upon it. Should advice be sought, please seek an appropriately qualified advisor. Investing may not be appropriate for everyone, as there is inherent risk and the possibility of loss when investing in financial assets, just as there is the possibility of profits. 
While useful for identifying patterns, history and past performance do not guarantee future performance. Calvin Flack has a commercial relationship with guests appearing on this production.